Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 9.30 in 716. Iran responds. The Pentagon said Iran launched more than a dozen ballistic missiles that targeted at least two Iraqi military bases which host U.S. troops. The bases Trump speaks. Iran appears to be standing down which is a good thing for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world. What to make of it all? Quite frankly, if this was the audition for Iranian superpower status, this was wildly embarrassing. I'm Tim Wenger on 930 in 716. The U.S. and Iran stepping back from the brink of possible war Wednesday as President Donald Trump indicated he would not respond militarily after no one was harmed in Iran's missile strike on two Iraqi bases housing U.S. troops. Trump says Iran appeared to be standing down. Well, you know, it's not a, a real shock. This is what these uh, these states do. Iran uh, is desperate. They had no intention to hurt Americans. They had no intention to destroy equipment. Once again, we turn to WBEN's David Bellavia, Medal of Honor recipient who spent his active duty in the Middle East and Iraq. Uh, there's a report that's uh, you know, pretty credible that, that the Iraqi prime minister was tipped off. Um, he essentially, you know, they were, whenever you're telling, if you have the intent to kill the enemy, the Balad Air Base, which is, it's called LSA Anaconda. It's in the Diyala province. I spent a year in the Diyala province. It's right on the border with Iran. If you fired 14 cruise missiles into the Balad Air Base, you would have a much greater chance of injuring or hurting coalition forces. It's the biggest base in Iraq. It's it's just full of, of troops. They didn't choose that location. They chose Iraqi bases that were 800 miles away. With cruise serve, uh, with cruise missiles. That quite frankly, if this was the audition for Iranian superpower status, this was wildly embarrassing. Uh, four, 15 cruise missiles launched. 11 hit the ground. Four of them didn't even land in a grid square of where they were aiming. And that uh, guidance system, if these things are GPS located, uh, it was just an embarrassment. That entire and, and now we've got you know the potential of a Ukrainian uh, jetliner uh, that was, was hit potentially as it was taking off from Tehran. If you look at where that airstrip is, it's about 25 kilometers from where they were launching these cruise missiles. And if you look at where an airplane would be three minutes after takeoff, that is right in the line of fire that those cruise missiles sailed over. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it could very well be that they accidentally shot down and killed 176 people uh, just to intimidate the United States. Explain that decision militarily, and I'm, I'm not sure if you can because it's an Iran military decision, but to to make that kind of a strike. I mean, they promised, um, you know, a forceful retaliation, and as you've pointed out and we've seen, it wasn't so much. Well, I think, you know, you spin up, uh, again, you know, we can't underestimate how much turmoil 
the Ayatollah is in Iran. Uh, you know, there's the potential for a civil war and, and uh, a coup at any moment in that, that country. Uh, you know, Soleimani, who was just killed, you know, recently killed some estimate as high as 1,500. I think the number's more like 1,200. But that was just in the last couple of weeks uh, of Iranian dissidents that were that were protesting. So they had to show force. But again, they are very they're very well aware that that President Trump, if any bloodshed, if any American assets were lost, equipment, anything of of uh, uh, you know that we would need for our operations, it was going to be retaliated with. Diego Garcia is about four hours away from Tehran, and when the President of the United States was going to give a press conference yesterday night and waited. A lot of people were thinking, is he waiting four hours for those B-52s and F-35s to drop ordnance, and then he's going to address the nation? The Iranian state was very, very nervous about what the response was going to be. And honestly, I don't think they had any intention to hurt or kill American coalition uh, service members, because if that was their attempt... You know, it it uh, it was a very poor effort. So the president, in his his uh, address today, uh, was comforting in many many regards. You know, and he he said that it looks like they're uh, standing down. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, first of all, our satellite uh, imagery is pretty spot on. You know, another uh, the technology has changed so much. Uh, just from the time that I was serving. But there was, you know, we were getting ground surveillance radar 6,000 miles away in Maryland over the fact that these things were, were heating up, fueling, ready to fire. So there was definitely a heads up uh, with well in enough advance. A- and because of that, we're also keenly aware that if they tried something again, moving troops, all of that comes up in imagery. Uh, our military would know exactly what was coming, and it appears that all those areas that had so much activity when they were launching, there's nobody there. And that's another sign that you know they were expecting a retaliatory attack because they moved everything out. Um, you know, it's not like the old days where you use a compass to determine where indirect fire came from. It's pretty easy to determine these came from Iran. They wanted to show the world that they can hit a target 800 miles away. Well, we're still waiting on that performance because they didn't. <laughs> they hit a, a bunch of sand dunes uh, in the middle of an airstrip. You know, and then when you hear the president say, you know, it appears as as though Iran is standing down. It's it's comforting, but it also is. It, it kind of raises your eyebrow too. That are you know, are we prepared if that really is not the case? I mean, we're not standing down, right? No, absolutely not. In fact, uh, I'll tell you that the real key is going to be what they do in their waterways, the Strait of Hormuz and and the Persian Gulf. Again, if the intent was to send a message and take out a vessel, uh, kill American servicemen, there are so many targets of opportunity right in their backyard that they could do. uh, But they know what the retaliation is going to be. They chose Iraqi installations. They chose the ones in Anbar. They chose the ones far away, uh, really outside of their range. And they did it on purpose to say... This is what we could do down the road. Don't mess with us. We'll, we'll try it again. But the, the, the reality was that the, the president put a red line out there. And if you hurt our guys, if you injure our citizens, if you kill them, if you, you damage our, our assets, we're going to come strong and we're going to swing at you. 
And uh, I don't think Iran wanted anything to do with that. You know, uh, since I've been born, and I know in, you, in your life as well, and you've certainly been there and in, in, in fought for, for peace over there, uh, the president said he's ready to embrace peace with all who seek it. I mean, do you, do you really see uh, any opening for, for any kind of uh, 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 peace in that region? Well, you know, we've been, we've been talking. I'm an optimistic uh, person. I'm, we're from Buffalo, and as Bills fans, we have to be. So I, I was raised as, as always looking at the glass, you know, half full. You know, it, it, it takes a generation to, to really kind of, I mean, just look at how far we've come in America. Uh, what our parents believed to be, you know, the truth and what our parents were raised to believe. In, in a matter of two generations, society has has evolved and a si- society has moved in a total different direction. Uh, we're seeing things on TV that our parents never would have uh, tolerated or, or believed in. It, it works across the globe. And, and so you're, you're having younger people that have access to the Internet or other people's thoughts. And then they start looking at their parents and saying, you know, what are you doing for me? And, and what, what really have we gotten here? Other people in our region have it better. Why don't we have it better? If Iran was able to harness what they have in their soil for just oil reserves, that is the second largest resource in the entire globe. And they can't even refine it and they can't sell it. And after these uh, sanctions, it's going to be 20 times worse. So the people are, have had enough. And I believe that, you know, when you look at the Arab uprising, you look at the food riots that were occurring in 2005 and 6 and 7, all across that region, people in the Middle East are tired of, of insecurity. They're, they're tired uh, of, of having their, their governments and their dictators steal from them. And they're tired of, of losing a generation of young men in, in bloodshed that they don't understand. So I always think there's hope and I always think there's an opportunity where our kids and their kids are going to be able to live in peace. Iran's supreme leader, in response to all of this, uh, said last night, quote, last night they received a slap, uh, then went on to say these military actions are not sufficient, and uh, the reading into that is not sufficient uh, for revenge to the uh, the attack uh, uh, from the United States. Does that concern you, those words? You know, I, I, there's so much uh, that... You know, this there's a translation issue too, but but it's just whatever whoever is is advising the Ayatollah has to remind him who the president of the United States is because you know you're not going to win the air war, you're not going to win the ground war, you're certainly going to win the Twitter war against uh, President Trump. Uh, one of the things that I found really crazy today out of the Ayatollah was he blamed Boeing for that plane going down, as if Boeing doesn't need more bad PR that. The Ayatollah is now claiming the 737 that went down was engine failure. Uh, that is a huge issue. If, if the Iranian government took down uh, a plane of 176 souls that was caught in that crossfire on the, on the laws of land warfare, uh, the Geneva Convention, they're accountable for that loss of life. That is, that is considered to be as, uh, you know, if they targeted it or accidentally hit it, it has the same accountability in the world court. So this story isn't over. The fact that they don't want to give up the black boxes is very telling. And there's a lot of photos that show shrapnel debris on the fuselage. Um, you know, just a really odd coincidence that a plane happens to go down at the same time they're launching cruise missiles. David, there's a portion of the speech you delivered at the Pentagon, uh, the Hall of Heroes. I was there for that uh, moving address. The first time you had uh, the opportunity to speak after receiving the Medal of Honor. And the threats to our nations, they don't sleep. They're watching our every move. Iran, Russia, China, North Korea, 
ISIS, Al-Qaeda. They may be watching this right now. Our military should not be mistaken for a cable news gabfest show. We don't care what you look like. We don't care who you voted for, who you worship, what you worship, who you love. It doesn't matter if your dad left you millions when he died or if he knew who your father was. We have been honed into a machine of lethal moving parts that you would be wise to avoid if you know what's good for you. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. We've seen war. We don't want war. But if you want war with the United States of America, there's one thing I can promise you, so help me God. Someone else will raise your sons and daughters. We fight. We fight so our children never have to. We fight for one day when our children and our enemy's children can discuss their differences without fear or loathing. We fight so that anyone out there thinking about raising arms against our citizens or allies realize the futility of attrition against a disciplined, professional, and lethal force built to withstand anything you can dream of throwing at us. Americans want this kind of country. Americans want this kind of world. And we stand ready to defend it, to protect us. So help us, God. May God bless this beautiful army. May God bless our Marine Corps, our Navy, our Air Force, and Coast Guard. May God bless our allies. And we already know that God blessed America because he gave us the greatest fighting force this world has ever seen, 2-2 Infantry of the 1st Infantry Division. Thank you, Ramrods, Duty First, Dukes. Thank you very much. Uh, that's getting a lot of traction um, on, on social media over the past 24 hours. Why do you think that's so? It seems like there's an, an appetite for that, that uh, uh, type of, um, uh, of message. It was a 20-minute speech, and that's you know maybe a minute of it. Um, but again, it certainly wasn't intended to be a, a saber-rattling to say, let's go throw a country against the wall because we're America. It, it was meant to say that, you know, Veterans are, are anti-war individuals. Uh, we're professionals. We don't want this. We don't want to put, we don't want to be away from our families, and we certainly don't want to go through the hardship of, of, of gunfire and conflict. That being said, there is a reason why we chose to do it, and, and we have to respect our, our professionalism and our lethality, and we're just simply not going to live in a world where, where countries can intimidate or threaten us. And just know that when you make that commitment, when you sign on the dotted line and say, I want this fight with the United States, there needs to be a, a plan because you're not coming home. You're not going to survive it. It's, it's a one-way ticket. And, and I, I think the more folks that realize that there is no hope in winning a, a conventional fight against us, hopefully that deters more people to, to try it. And, and by being robust and, and elite, maybe we can stop future conflicts. And uh, moving forward here from this day forward, what do you think happens next with regard to this uh, whole Iran-U.S. Uh, issue? You know, everything's going to be told by what happens with the Navy. Uh, if, if the Navy continues to be harassed, if we're seeing, you know, steps in, in mining the entrances to the Gulf, uh, you know, again, Iran doesn't seem to have any other plan uh, to fight these sanctions outside of harassing their neighbors in the United States and the West. 
but but if you know they will continue to harass, eventually this is going to lead to some sort of, of check. But again, putting the onus on NATO, th- this was a very important speech for, for President Trump on a lot of different levels. But again, t- putting more responsibility on NATO's shoulders is huge. And the other side of it was using it as a negotiation to maybe get a better deal with Iran. If this can bring them back to the table, uh, you know, it, I, I think there could be uh, some light at the end of this tunnel, which is, are we ever going to have open relations with Iran? Probably not. They're never going to be you know, with the Ayatollah in power. It's not going to be uh, a relationship that we're going to be trading partners. However, there is a way that we can guarantee that they never get their hands on a weapon of mass destruction. And there's a way that we can control what their military is doing. And I think that is with, you know, getting that money back. We, we, we cannot allow them to have a bank account because that bank account as the president said, everyone in the military has said that the technology that you saw yesterday that was inaccurate and without any effect, that was technology that was purchased in the last six years. Uh, that was technology that was literally paid for with the deal that they made with Secretary of State Kerry and, and that Iran nuke deal. So, you know, when they get cash, they're going to spend it and they're going to spend it on tools of death and, and murdering people. We just can't allow it. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.